Hola, aloha, konnichiwa, guten tag, hello, how you doing? <laughs> Welcome to the Table Presents Retro Remix. I am your co-host, John, and with me as always, the Garth to my Wayne, <laughs> is our good buddy Aaron. Hello, hello. And we're doing a, a rare thing. I think this has only happened twice in the history of the table at all, let alone Retro Remix, where we've had to re-record an episode because someone vanished our original cut. And I'm going to blame it directly on John. We'll just go with that. <laughs> that's a shame because that original episode was perfect in every way, and I didn't want to re-record it to begin with. Oh. Oh, but, we have uh, no chance. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it doesn't happen often. We don't make a habit of screwing up, but every once in a while we do. And as much as I like busting Aaron's chops and just you know bringing it to your attention, this is a re-recording. Um, so if it comes out in odd order compared to other stuff that's mentioned in other episodes, that's why. We did explicitly mention uh, the Mega Man recording and the previous. Table podcast, regular retro remix one too. Okay, so that will be a little out of order there for sure. Yeah, things will be a little weird. That's the only reason I was bringing it to anyone's attention. I'm not trying to bust Aaron's chops any more than I usually do. Um, (laughs) Just that you know, regular ball busting, not like not like that super special ball busting. Oh no, like Valentine's Day and stuff like that. That requires fancy shoes and an "I love you." Mega Man. Yeah, everyone's favorite blue bomber. Capcom's only son. One of their star franchises, really. I mean, yeah, we're... yeah. Um, with with Capcom, it, it, Mega Man's definitely the flagship series. I think Mega Man's been around the longest of the different franchises that you think of when you think of Capcom, right? When you think of Capcom, you think Mega Man, you think Street Fighter, you think Resident Evil. I mean, I, I, off the top of my head, those are the top three, right? And Which, when you think about it, is just such a great spread of games, right? I mean, you got a platformer there, you've got, like, the survival horror, and then you have a, uh, you know, a... a tournament well, fighter, yeah. Yeah, tournament fighter. Yeah. Um, and there have been a, a load of remakes and re-releases of Street Fighter as well we could talk about in another episode. But, um... <laughs> Today we we're talking talk about Resident Evil ones. <laughs> yes, we did. We did for our, our Halloween episode for uh, for a retro remix. We did. Well, I wanted to do a thing on Resident Evil, so that one will hopefully be out shortly. But today is our discussion of the Blue Bomber himself, and specifically for me at least, um, the most recent re-releases: Mega Man Legacy Collections One and Two, available on PC, PlayStation Network, and Xbox One. So for the moment, let's uh, for for someone who's been living under a rock and doesn't know this, you know, the Blue Bomber, yeah. venerated thirty-year franchise. Yeah, what is what is Mega Man? I mean, like like a like what would you consider Mega Man to be? Like in like ten words or less, kind of thing. In ten words or less, Mega Man is a punishingly difficult platformer shooter where you beat up anywhere from six to eight robots and I know that's more than ten words. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not gonna be six or ten. 
No, no, I, I know it's over 10. I, I wasn't keeping track. Like, I don't sit here with word count. I'm not a word processor. I don't keep track of the number of words I use in a sentence. I really should, though. Let me, let me try. Punishing platformer shooter with boss special mechanics. And I mean, that's only seven. Yeah, the the really the interesting thing about Mega Man that made it unique for its time and makes it still relatively unique today is its unique like weapon copy mechanic. Cause you only see that in Mega Man, right? So in the original Mega Man game, you had six robot masters, and as you would beat the bosses of each level, you would get their weapon that you could use in other levels, which was good not only for the platform level portion of the game, but certain bosses were weak to the weapons of other bosses. So, like, the strategy in playing Mega Man, and in playing even the original Mega Man, was to find the order to play the stages in that was easiest for you. So, you'd be like, okay, I did Cut Man, okay, Cut Man, you know, you know, Guts Man's weak to Cut Man or whatever, and you'd go to, to the next level and do that one, or, and then, you know, go from Guts Man to Bomb Man, or... So really it came down to like, which boss did you feel was the easiest without any special weapons? Yeah. Because yeah. that was uh, the one that started it all off. Once you, because yeah. you had to fight one boss at least with just the normal weapon. Mm -hmm. And, and then yeah, I mean, and that's really been the formula for throughout Mega Man. Um, I think I like one of the first Capcom games to do like the boss rush at the end where they made you fight all the robot masters again. Yep, yep. Although they are weaker at the end, which is nice, at least, considering how many of them you have to fight. Well, I mean, by that point, too, you're all kitted out. You have all their weapons and, you know, like the magnet beam and stuff like that, so you're yeah. stronger than you have are. a little less health or something like that. Yeah. Which would make sense, considering you just whooped them, you know, like a stage or two back, uh, yeah. back then. Yeah, for sure. And then um, uh, they've also added a lot of, like, in the later ones, I know 6 didn't really have a lot of that, but in some of the later ones, those bosses' abilities would also be used for, like, platforming elements, kind of like a uh, Metroidvania, right? Like, yeah. where you could access extra areas because of the weapons that you picked up from previous bosses. Yeah, and they did that in Mega Man 1. Uh, like, Gutsman's ability uh, involved picking up, like, big rocks that were in, in the levels, and some of them were blocking other like weapons okay. or add-ons that you would See, use. Yeah, they even had a I mean, I guess yeah. that might that might predate Metroid then, right? No, it's it's um I think Metroid came first. Metroid was it was pretty close. Like if I remember Metroid was like 83 and Mega Man was like 84, 85, something like that. Yeah. Um see the but, number of bosses have changed throughout the years, but usually no more I don't think there's ever been more than 10, right? Well, as far as I know, it go it only goes to eight, right? And that's just because of the uh, the grid style that they use for the boss select, right? The yeah. original Mega Man had six, and then and then they the added the uh, on, they had basically they had it surrounding the the element, yeah, the the middle of the screen, which was any anything from the Wily W to Mega Man's face, like looking at each of the bosses as you selected them, but um. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of little bit of my history with Mega Man as a franchise, right? Because we're both, you know, grandparents at this point. We're all gonna die next week because we're ancient. Um, 
I played Mega Man when it was new. It was at least new to me in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, that kind of thing. And my uh, my siblings and I would sit and play Mega Man on the original NES. And I don't remember if I was good at it back then. What I will say now in my 30s is I am terrible at the original Mega Man. Like, I remember I bought I bought these collections thinking, oh, sweet, I can play Mega Man again. I remember these games being fun. And then just being like, why were they so hard? Um, See, I really feel a lot of those old games, um, they require... Their, their replayability wasn't about, like, replaying the game and accessing new stuff. It was replaying the game over and over again until you could, like, master these stages in an easier yeah. manner. So like, yeah, I think Mega Man was definitely a perfect example of that. These bosses were pretty punishing. You only had so many levels, and um, because of that, like, you had only so many lives. And because of that, like, if you died anywhere in the level before the boss, you had to do the whole level again, right? There was no checkpoint, I believe. There was just one at the boss. Yeah, there was a checkpoint at the boss room, which had a sort of unique like level transition with this gate that would come up and then you would go in and in Mega Man 1 and you notice that they never did this again and that sort of speaks to the way that old school sequels did things right they they took things that didn't work and they removed them but in Mega Man 1 like the boss gate you would enter into that and then there'd still be a little gauntlet you would have to run through before you got to the actual boss whereas in Mega Man's 2 forward once you hit that boss gate it was straight up a little hallway, and then the boss. There was nothing to, to get in your way or cause you damage. So I think they did that as kind of like, okay, deep breath, boss is coming up. You know, if you've got an E-tank that you need to use, get right, make sure your weapons are ready to go, and you're all set. Yeah, um, the ideal chance to fight the boss. Um, yeah. Because I believe you got your ammo back and your health back, too, on, uh, on death. Yeah. Well, you got your health. For, uh, you got Maybe like not your, the ammo. Yeah, yeah you didn't get your ammo back. No, that that was which that was what rough, was right? If you if you had the boss's weapon, but or the boss's weakness, but then you'd used it because it was good for platforming or it was good for you know getting to special abilities and stuff like that, and hadn't managed to pick up extra ammo, then you could okay. be fighting the boss without any of it, and then not be able to acquire anymore, because the yeah, checkpoint... Or, or say, you came, uh, say you came, like, one hit short from beating the boss for that, and then you had to start over. You have no weapon ammo. Yeah, they rectified that in, in other games in the Mega Man series, because Mega Man Classic is its own set of games, and, like, we'll talk about this a little more later in the episode, but there's also Mega Man X, which is its own series, and Mega Man Zero and Mega Man ZX, which are their own series as well. And those all have re-releases as well, and we'll talk about them a little bit later in the episode, but this is Mega Man Classic, which is its own sort of unique animal. And for what it's worth, it's carried on for... what The most recent game was Mega Man 11? Like, how many franchises do you know that have that many games in them? That many numbered entries, I should say. Think about it, so it's spanning... So it was 87 when the original Mega Man came out. So, 87 okay. to 2018, because that's yeah. when Mega Man 11 came out. Mm. And that's that's a span. Yeah, I mean, and there was there was a gap for a while, because I think between Mega Man 8 and 9, there was a couple console generations. I want to say it was like six, seven years. About 12 years. 
Yeah. Okay. Mega Man yeah. 8 came out, uh, I believe, in 1990. And Mega Man 9, 2008. Yeah, that's that was a PlayStation game. Uh, I will say that um, I want to play the Saturn version of Mega Man 8, because there are... Like, so many things that the Saturn got that most gamers didn't, and a lot of people didn't know this because the Saturn was kind of a flop and didn't sell. Had Saturn. <laughs> yeah. I have a Saturn, but I got it years later. Uh, I bought it from a, a woman I used to work with that she was like, I'll sell it to you for like 60 bucks. And I was like, fucking sweet, dude. Um, but uh, yeah, I have, I have a Saturn, but I... Um, definitely the collector's item nowadays. Yeah, that's that was my thought, right? And I have like the analog controller and stuff like that. I want to get Knights into Dreams for it. Um, but um, yeah, the the Saturn version of Mega Man Eight had you know special features and different boss fights. Like you had to fight, I think it was Cutman and Gutsman again. I don't know what it is with uh, with Mega Man's producers. They really have a thing for Gutsman. <laughs> Gutsman reappears in a I mean, lot of Mega Man games. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't mind playing it on the Saturn if I ever got the chance, but yeah, it's it's been a long-running franchise. Like it started on the original NES, right, and then carried on through the Super Nintendo to the PlayStation eventually, and, and um, I mean also was on the the uh, Nintendo 64, but that was the Mega Man Legend series, which is its own series of yeah. games. Um, but I mean, if you're taking well, even even like the because like Mega Man Legends is so. Taking the the Mega Man series as a whole, Mega Man and Mega Man X and Mega Man Zero and ZX, they're all in one universe. Mm. And then Mega Man Legends is in another universe. Yeah, yeah. And then like there's there are three separate Mega Man timelines, if I'm not mistaken. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you've got like a screen up with info. But the main Mega Man series, the main Mega Man timeline is Mega Man Classic, Mega Man X. Mega Man Zero, Mega Man ZX. That's all one timeline. And then there's Mega Man Legends, its own timeline. And uh, Mega Man Battle Network is its own timeline. And I think that leads into Mega Man Star Force. Well, actually, I think Legends, Battle Network, and Star Force are their own timeline. At least they're grouped that way. I mean... Okay, yeah. Yeah. You're probably be... right. Like, I... I... Because there was a there was a Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection that is slated for release next year, as I guess what the next collection that's going to come out in the Mega Man franchise as a whole. Yeah, it looks that like doing that a lot. It seems, um... and that that includes all of the the Legends, the Battle Network, and the Star Force games. Mm. And it'll probably still release in two parts. Yeah, two discs, you mean, or so? Well, yeah, who knows? Yeah, because it's 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 not even out yet, so they could change how they're going to release it for sure. Well, yeah, so that seems that just seems like Capcom's thing is they're like, we have this collection of games, we're going to release it in two parts rather than releasing it as one single thing. And I think the recent release of the TMNT, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection, has shown they could have done this as a single release and didn't. Like that was a conscious decision on the part of Capcom. <laughs> and I think in part that has to do with the fact that Volume 1 of the Mega Man Legacy Collection, which contains Mega Man's 1 through 6, yeah, was done by an outside developer. 
by the name of Digital Eclipse. Who's who done their re-releases before too? Yeah, collection. They've, they've done plenty of them. They Symphony of the Night and all that stuff. You know, they've worked for a lot of other publishers before. They're just they're ones that you know re-release games and all that. So it's high def filters and things along those lines. Um, there's definitely a quality issue with the presentation of Legacy Collection Volume One, and I, I mentioned that in the original episode. So I have to remember to bring it up here. But there's a quality issue in that the menus aren't as polished. They're not as well put together. You know, things act a little wonky here to there. But it's a decent collection of games, and they do add a few extra features. Um, I don't think they have a full-on museum feature. There's not, like, concept art or anything. I, I'm, I'm, I don't think. I mean, I'll have to look. I could be wrong, so, you know, please don't lynch me. But they do let you listen to, to BGM and things like that. And there's a challenge mode. And the challenge mode, I think, was what got me interested in the Legacy Collection. Because they give you, like, mix-ups and things like that. If you remember in our Sonic Origins episode, which was the very first episode of Retro Remix we did, one of the things that I lauded that game for and gave it credit for was the replay value that the mission mode gives it where you have specific things to do in certain levels that, you know, the faster you do them, the better, you know, you score and things like that. That's That was what uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection did. They offered you a mission. reworking, too. Um, so was that also the case in Mega Man? Like, because, like, in Sonic, Origins, in Sonic Origins mission mode, there was levels. It was just basically the tile set of the level. It was comp It was changed in that... There was a lot of like barriers that weren't didn't exist before, enemies yeah. that didn't necessarily exist before, or that were in different levels than they should be, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying there. And, and was that my... also a Mega Man collection? Because I, I I haven't I haven't played the the collection. Well, I mean, I I think they took the the existing levels as they were, but they they changed sort of the the scope of what it was you were doing. They might have added platforms or added more spikes to make it a little bit more difficult. They changed but, the uh, weapon loadout that you had for that particular yeah. setup. Yeah, the lay and the and the object was not necessarily you know like do this to that or whatever. And and in the case of some of them, they would mix up levels from different Mega Man games. So they had a um, they had a randomizer thing where it was like, okay, here's a here's a scene from this stage. Go from this into this end. And there's like a little portal, and it takes you to a whole different level in a whole different Mega Man game. And I thought that was that was pretty baller. Like I'd be lying yeah. if I said I didn't think that was cool. Um, that being said, this is not my ideal like Mega Man collection. And I, I said well, that. Really before, down but... to, um, is does it come down to just like I mean, because it, it sounds like the the gameplay in and of itself is good. It's just yeah. the the trappings, the the menu, and that kind of stuff. Well, the emulation is solid. It plays well. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on it and say that it's a garbage port because it, it isn't. There are worse ports of Mega Man games out there. Uh, typically, they're on handhelds and things, but there there are worse ports of Mega Man titles. Um, and yeah, my my issue with Volume One is primarily the lack of polish and menus and things like that. But I think that my problem with the collection as a whole is that they took enough titles that they could have fit on one disc and made it two discs. 
you know, there were two. There two it was two different releases too. Yeah. Uh, release one was yeah, like you said, discs or games one through six, and then the second release, which came out a year later, was seven, eight, nine, and ten. So I mean, that's ten games. They could have easily put that at, in a single release. I don't know what their reasoning was. I'm sure there was reasoning. I'm not gonna like just be like, oh, Capcom sucks and I hate them. Because I mean, Capcom done a lot for their money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. because both collections came out at uh, forty dollars retail at the time when they first released. Yeah, you can get them both now for that same forty dollars. There's a there's a, a like a full a, a bundle. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, bundle. That's the word I was looking for. I can't English right now. <laughs> But yeah, there's a bundle that includes both volumes one and two. I think it's for the same forty dollars you would have paid for either one. Um, I got the first volume as like I went to hang out with a buddy of mine, and as I was leaving, you know, from hanging out, and we were playing around with VR and all that stuff. He had a VR headset he wanted to show me. Um, as I'm getting up to leave, he looks at me. He's like, "Hey, you have an Xbox, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, I have an Xbox," you know. And he hands me this this case. And he's like, "Here you go, man. I just got this, and I'm I have no use for it. I already have a copy." So I looked at it, I was like, oh, sweet, Mega Man Legacy, whatever, you know, baller. Um, and one of the things that I liked about it, and this is part of the reason I'm a physical media troll, um, and Aaron Aaron will, uh, you know, disagree or agree as he will, I like that when I, when I open the, the case, there's a little cheat sheet card inside that shows you what robot masters are weak to what weapons for the six games that are there, and they had a little collection of stickers. I don't know about you. I like stickers. You know? Stuff. They had extra stuff. Yeah. Little extra goodies that you don't get if you buy the digital version. So buy physical. Who doesn't like that stuff? It's just I'm willing to just go buy that stuff separately. <laughs> yeah, but if what, what they don't sell that stuff separately, though. Like, you had to... Someone sells that stuff. Someone Some does. Like somewhere. It. Someone <laughs> sells it. Um, that's the one thing I will say about Volume 2 that I didn't like, was, like, I opened Volume 1 and got, you know, the little cart, little cheat sheet card and stickers, and that was kind of cool. When I bought Volume 2, which I bought specifically to do this review, um, I opened the disc, and it was, like, just the disc. And I'm like, gee, thanks, Capcom. Uh, y'all are great. <laughs> but the menus were better and everything, right? Yeah, the menus were a lot more polished. Capcom did it in-house. You could definitely tell they put a little more effort into it than Digital Eclipse did. Did they um, do do the mission mode stuff? Yeah, the mission mode and all that was still there. I think that was... Okay. They were like, it did well in the first release, so we're going to keep doing it for Volume 2. And I mean, they also added a museum mode with the behind-the-scenes art and all those kinds of things, which I think people in these kind of collections, you always want to see things like that. Um... I mean, because the games are nice to reintroduce you to, or to reintroduce that to the new generation of kids. Yeah. Um, but as an older player who's potentially already played those games, I want I want some more variety because I mean, if I really wanted to play them just as is, there's other ways I could go play them just as is. I'm looking for that extra stuff, that interaction. Dust off my NES and just play old school Mega Man. Right. <laughs> Which, by the, by the by, if I was going to play Mega Man, right, that, to me, is still going to be the ideal way to play it. Um, that, that square-like controller with two buttons and just Mega Man. Like, I'd be down for that all day. But um, Mega Man's one of, those, one of those games and one of those series that have been 
ported and refitted for a lot of consoles, and, and sometimes they add features that you didn't realize you wanted until they were there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I know you'd mentioned before the CRT filter view. You yeah. thought that that was a pretty smart, uh, smart thing. Well, I think it's cool when it's when it's well implemented. It does it does the old gamers in the in the rooms their their soul good, you know, because they're like this is just like playing it, you know, in the middle of the night in summer of 1992 or whatever, you know. Because uh, I know I know I wasn't the only one that was up until three in the morning playing old NES games in July when I was a kid. That's summertime, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was summertime at night, right? Because, like, I wasn't allowed to stay out after dark, so you come home and you're not tired. So you're just sitting there playing video games. It's not like cartoons were on at that time of night, and I was, like, ten. <laughs> well, I mean, it was getting close to that adult swim time, so you always had that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right more years that. later, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is it, it's it's a warm and fuzzy kind of nostalgia thing, and and you can see those CRT filters done poorly in some other ports. So I'm not gonna say like they're always a good idea because sometimes they just kind of slap a filter on and call it good. But you can tell that with these, they actually put a little bit of effort into getting them, you know, just so wanting to get that look right. And I I, I like that stuff, and I like the background options. If you prefer you can blow up the screen so that it fits your widescreen display you're gonna have a lot of squash and stretch it's gonna happen though yeah um, I, would, I, would I would rather play it in the original aspect ratio even with the horrifying background graphics of the volume one releases and things like that it's still better to have that than to like blow all the graphics out and make everything look weird yeah um, yeah it just it just, the stretching and everything like that is just no no good to me at all. The um these these games are emulated very well. Um, like I said before, when I when I first popped the disc into my Xbox, and I was like all excited to play Mega Man because I hadn't played it in years. I was like, this is gonna be fun. And then like maybe a half hour, forty five minutes later, I'm beating the controller off my head. Like, why is this so difficult? You know they emulated the games really well because I at no point did I think it was unfair. At like no point, input or anything like that. Yeah, this is just hard, but it's it's not because the, like I'm dropping inputs or like things are scrolling weird and stuff's acting strange. It's just the the difficulty of the game. There's a reason. There's a term in classic gaming circles called NES hard. Like NES hard's a thing for a reason, and games like Mega Man are a big part of the why. Yeah. Well, like like I said before, the these games didn't have the ability to generate a lot of content, so yeah. they had to make the replayability in the fact that you couldn't actually finish the content without replaying it a few times, right? Yeah, I, th I think they. No I think the average NES cart was only like eight megabits, something like that. I think it was less than that. I, I think it was be, in the kilobyte range, right? I might be thinking of the uh, like Genesis cartridges or whatever. That might be. Let me see. This is worth checking out. So NES cartridge size. Did what did you uh, say? Don't make me. Don't make me go to Arizona to smack you. Well, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> yeah. No. See, that's that's part of the problem is you don't know what you did wrong. 
Well, say because I, I wasn't even listening to what I was saying, right? I'm just talking. It's, it's, so a, pet peeve. it's a pet peeve of mine. I just hate when people refer to it as a Ness. Oh, that, that, yeah. Ness, no. That, that's it, man. <laughs> Ness, Ness and SNES. That bugs me. It drives me insane. I'm like, that's not even a word. Like, <laughs> They are now. <laughs> I hate you. I mean, let, let, like... We bring this up again. Let me let, maybe we should check Merriam-Webster dictionary and see if they actually are real words now. It wouldn't surprise me, but that just makes me feel like bad for humanity. If people are dumb. <laughs> so, uh, Nest cartridge size was eight kilobytes to a megabyte. Okay, so yeah, I, I had the uh, I had the the denomination. It, off. Yeah, it's just you were off by a factor of a thousand. <laughs> yeah. No, that was not a small error. <laughs> but that only matters if you know, like, programming. <laughs> yeah, the different sizes. Which, in Aaron's case, he absolutely does. Because <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, like, like uh, the satellites that they sent out, um, like, a uh, Nintendo cartridge has more memory than them. <laughs> like, the, like, they worked with incredibly small uh, amounts of, like, memory. To be able yeah. to do the things that they did, that was impressive. Anyway, they also back. didn't have to be like super pretty to do the job either. They just like exactly it, need, it needs to do the job. That's all we need it to do. Yeah, it doesn't need to look user interface. This is a big chunk of space for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But so, um, um, did the did the Mega Man collections have uh, save states? Because I mean, they are emulators, basically. Yes. Yes, they did. They did, and that's probably going to be a deciding factor for people who can't sit and play the game in a single go. You know, say they're trying to just get through a stage before work or something. You know, play for twenty minutes or whatever. You'll eventually beat the game, even if you only play it a little bit at a time. If you, you, you know, if you save state in the right places, like me, I would save state after beating a robot master. But I mean, if you gotta go, you can just save state and come back later. You know. So, um, personally, I use save states to shortcut some of that that yeah. process because all of these NES games require a lot of repetition to to memorize the levels and everything like that. Do you know? Now he's doing it on purpose. Levels, if you can just reset and do the level again, you know, basically. So yeah. I'll probably after each level uh, after you screen transition potentially so you save scum is what you're saying i don't <laughs> well i guess uh, you know a little bit maybe <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's what i'm hearing I, i'm gonna save scum because this part's hard <laughs> well, you can do it per transition right i'm not i'm not getting like, crazy and everything but for what it's worth there are some instances where i absolutely do not blame you like the blocks and heat man stage can suck a dick <laughs> uh quick man stage what in Mega Man 2 I did oh, yeah. that without the time stop ability, and it was ridiculous. Like I restarted that that specific section so many times because it's you had possible. to absolutely. There's um yeah, there's options like I guess that that answers the question because uh, I watched um I think I mentioned this in the original episode. I watched uh, the sequelitis that Aaron Hansen, aka Ego Raptor, did. I'm gonna plug Ego Raptor again. Plug the uh, Game Grumps. I love those guys. Uh, they did a sequelitis on uh, the original Mega Man, and he he does mention the Quick Man like funnel stage. And I think he he asked how you were supposed to reach certain items in the stage, like they were put there as beginners traps or whatever. 
Um, and if time stop works on the beams, then yeah, that would be how. Like, you're meant to use time stop to get to them. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's another instance of that using uh, an ability to access extra extra stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of that Metroid style, like, the ability helps solve some puzzle of ex acceptability. Okay, yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah, because, um, really, I mean, I would never, ever, ever recommend doing Quick Man without a safe state or without time stop. Because, I mean, I ran it, and I just have to say, if there's a specific sequence of moves that you can do that make it so you live, and that's it. You you don't get a lot of leeway. I mean, like, a speedrunner, I'm sure, feels like they've got, like, a second's worth of leeway, but just a regular player, I mean, yeah. Any yeah, but you, you also figure a speedrunner has practiced that quick man segment, I don't know how many times. Oh, yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't even care, right? Yeah. I mean, speedrunners, in definition, are, like, the best at playing NES games because NES games are all about repetition, and they've played the, the game so many times that that's just their thing. He's doing it on purpose now, listeners. I want you to know that, and I hate him for it. <laughs> never going to get me to change on the NES one, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, didn't say, you didn't say it until I brought it up, and now you're just continuing to do it. Well, we weren't talking about, uh, I mean, we didn't mention, like, NES or N NES, right? Yeah. At least I hadn't said it before, right? If I'm going to say it, it's going to come out like that. No, it's it's just a pet peeve of mine, and it's it's a minor one. It's just, it's something that, meh. <laughs> I mean, Genesis that, uh, gets Genesis, because... Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that had to do with a licensing thing, because in, uh, in Japan and in PAL regions, it's the Mega Drive. So, like, if we got our buddy Neil on the chat to talk about the Genesis, he'd look at me like I was insane. I'd have to, I'd have to say Mega Drive. Yeah. Although, Although, I mean, I worked with emulators before, so it's like, I mean, I think most of the time they don't ever call it Genesis. They call it a Mega Drive, just for global use. In my, uh, in my experience, they have, like, what I've seen is Genesis slash Mega Drive. Yeah. Yeah, I think what they did, like, Gen X or something like that for the shorthand yeah. for Genesis. Something like that. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there. We're, we're talking Mega Man. Uh, um, and this is, for the record, by, by the by, this is for Retro Remix. This is the first time I think we've done an episode that's not on a, a remake of a game. Rather, it's, it's a port, a collection of games. Well, I guess Mega that's not true. They've never made a port. remake of any of their games. They've only done re-releases. Yeah, re-releases have to be defined being um, a port of the game without any really direct change to the game itself. I mean, they can add new menus and they can add new stuff outside of the, the direct game. But a remake but the game is game yeah. to the game itself. The basis of remakes would be just a graphical overhaul. Yeah. Um, Which Mega Man 1 did get a remake for the PSP and Mega Man powered up. We were talking about that before the uh, before the podcast. And yeah. it was a graphical overhaul and they added two new robot masters to bring the the, uh, the total up to 8 from the 6 that they had in the original Mega Man. Yeah, then I mean I would I, that would be fair to say that that's a remake. Although mm -hmm. that's that was a pretty old one too. Right? That yeah. was PSP so early 2000s. Yeah, I think you can get it on the PlayStation Network. That's a heavily edited version for reasons I talked about in you know in the pre-show kind of thing, but yeah, Mega Man Powered Up is uh, is technically a remake of the original Mega Man. 
Whereas this is a collection, it's more of a re-release. Um, they do add new features though, and I think it's I think it's definitely worth the $40 price tag for both Legacy Collections 1 and 2. Um, I wouldn't have bought these at the original release unless I was getting all 10 games for that 40 bucks. But to be fair, that's because I have what I believe to be a more definitive Mega Man collection already. I had the Mega Man Anniversary Collection uh, available on PS2, which I like more in some ways and not as much in others. And this was what we were talking about in the original episode. This was the part that I had trouble articulating. Because the Mega Man Anniversary Collection has other games outside of just the base Mega Man games that are available. Because um, Mega Man's done a few other things, right? Um, the most obvious one is Mega Man Soccer. That's the one everyone knows about. That's an unlockable in the Anniversary Collection. And then I, I don't recall if it's available in Mega Man Anniversary, but there's a tournament fighter called Mega Man Power Battle that if you're going to give me a, a collection of Mega Man games, I want those too. You know what I mean? Give me give me as much Mega Man as I can stomach. Mega I, Man Power Battle, Mega Man 2, Power Fighters. <laughs> yeah, I want Mega Man coming out of my ears. Like, give me all the Mega Man. And I can see that. I do think that there's a there is some interest in having those kind of like side games. I wouldn't want really uh, them to well, be because of the fact that they're kind of rare now. They're kind of hard to come by. Like if you find a copy of Mega Man Soccer, like the original Mega Man Soccer, you're paying a decent chunk of change for it. So I think seeing it as collector, you know, collection fodder, even if it's an unlockable that you have to get from beating other Mega Man games, like show your dedication to Mega Man, and then you get to kick a ball with him. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. I I think that it's it's something that would draw people to these collections. Like here's like the TMNT Cowabunga collection, right? They threw 13 Ninja Turtles games onto a collection. A lot of those games are really rare now and hard to find. Um, so I think that's a part of why some people pick them up, and I think that that would help the sales of these collections to add more rare and hard to find games that was just my two but are they really worth playing like i mean yes they're they're neat little things to have on in addition but is anybody really like oh sweet i i've been wanting to play Mega Man soccer forever (laughs) i think it's worth playing at least once just to see it you know game even like the god awful ones <laughs> oh god yeah no i've played some horrible sonic games i've also played some really good ones but i've played some horrible sonic games I, i'll be the first person to admit that i own and have beaten sonic 06 willingly like no one held a gun to my head no one said play this or i shoot you um you know i i've played it like i heard it was bad I wanted to know just how bad it was, and oh god, I wish I, I wish I let my curiosity kill me. Uh, but no, like I—you never know. Somebody might pick up Mega Man Soccer and think it's like their ideal Super Nintendo soccer game. It has its—it has a certain kind of charm to it. I mean, it has really, that... we're talking about Super Nintendo soccer games. I mean, okay. And there's—I well, mean, like 
Yeah. How 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 broad is that audience anyway? How many... I'm just saying it has a certain sort of charm to it that I think is kind of cute, and I think some people might enjoy it. Um, I also I, I, I would have liked, to, liked to have. I would have liked Sonic to have the pinball one. I like Sonic. Uh, Sonic's pinball, yeah. I think that's the black sheep of the Sonic library because it's one of the one of the few games not actually made by Sonic Team. It was made by STI, uh, Sega Technical Institute. That's why it looks so different because it's an American-made Sonic game. I mean, still, I, I like I, I like the pinball. I, I did too. I is it perfect? No, but it's it's solid. It's a good game. It's fun. It's kind of short. Like you could play through the whole thing in an hour or two. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's a fun game. It's enjoyable. Um, I like it because it's the first official appearance of uh, Sonic Sad AM characters in video games. So they're canon, you fuckers. <laughs> um, I say that just because I am a, uh, a lifelong Sonic Sad AM fan. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna defend those characters to my dying breath. But that's not what we're talking about here, Aaron. You've done it again. You've well, sent a... no, they're still they're tangential. Oh, they work. Firing into the uh, into the conversational ether. <laughs> um. So your so I guess if we want to go so your ideal collection for Mega Man would include some of the obscure titles. Yeah. I, I it would include one disc. Yeah. And it would be the classic Mega Man games. Let's yeah. say 1 through 11. Specifically classic Mega Man because the other games are part of their own series. Yeah. I would I would say 1 through 11, the more obscure titles, you know, Power Battle and Mega Man Soccer and all that stuff, just because they're obscure. Um... I, I like the idea of the mission mode. Let's keep that. Um, achievements are something that you're just grown to expect with new games anymore. So, you know, For give sure. us a list yeah. of achievements. You know, even if it's something like score a goal in Mega Man Soccer and that's the only one. Like, that that would at least get people to play it because it's not hard to score a goal. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'd want to see enough to give the game replay value and enough to make it worth people's money. Um, and for um, for the I would pay you know 50 60 bucks for that if you want to give me a, a special edition with I think I mentioned in the original podcast like a little Mega Man helmet like I would I'd happily pay an extra 20 bucks for like a decent sized Mega Man helmet or a statue or even a little Mega Buster that maybe shoots little pellets across the room I could torture the cat with <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, but the thing is, is like, I mean, I mean, I would just be happy if they just sold those things separately and I could just pick them up, too. Yes, we've discussed that. You're a horrible person that doesn't like physical media, and I think you're weird. And games, I'll play the games, and I do like physical stuff, collectible yeah. stuff, but I mean, the disc itself is not a collectible to me. No, and, and I and I see that, and we've talked about that before, so I'm not going to beat that particular report. We won't get into it too much. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not going to argue with you on that, but I, I I enjoy picking up physical releases, and yeah, I know sure. I'm not I'm really wrong one. with that. Like I said, I settled that within myself by by realizing that that you're collecting those discs, that that is part of the collector's experience for you. Yeah, it's not necessarily the collector's experience for me, and that's fine. Everybody collects things differently. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I could I could start that rant again, but I don't feel like that's appropriate for this podcast. Maybe we'll do it in another one. Uh, well, I think I think we've come to a good neutral ground there. We've created a truce, and there's like there's a there's a boundary layer there, and we can just stay on either side, and we'll be okay. Like you stay on your side. This is the neutral zone. <laughs> So for me, I ever run into Aaron at a, at a convention. He's got like a, a wall of blanket in the bed, and he's like, "No, you don't cross this blanket. It's neutral area. It's a no touch zone." <laughs> Sorry, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> so for me, I'd have to say that my ideal collection would include the universe as a whole. So at the classic Mega Man X and Zero. Which, that would be expensive collection. That's a lot of well, games. Well, hear me out here, right? Because they've released collections of all these already. They've released yeah. a X collection and a Zero collection. Well, it was a Zero slash ZX collection. Because we'd mentioned yeah. ZX before, but ZX really is just Zero on Zero, a continuation of Zero on DS. Yeah. Um, so it's really zero, just just with new mechanics because you got the the touchscreen control, which they've already pushed over. Huh? I, I guess I'd have to see how the port works because of the fact yeah. that it's on the DS. I think that the touchscreen controls would be weird. You yeah, have to. Like... Sure. We did we did see that they are. I mean, they did release a collection and it had ZX in the collection, and that was for like PlayStation, I, I believe, yeah. uh, PlayStation Xbox. So. So they they already figured it out. So anyway, it would include the Legacy Collection, the X Collection, and the ZX Collection. They've all been released now. They're all going for, I mean, like, they're regularly on sale for $10, $15, $20 a piece. But I think the regular price is like 40 bucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not going to get the regular price anymore at this point. No, I mean, this just, they've been out for a while. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking, like, you bundle all them together and then call that 60 bucks, And then you add, like, maybe... Maybe you could do, like, Sonic and do a DLC with all, with um, with um the the obscure games. Mm. Um, and then on how many you do, 5 to 20 bucks. What about the... Um, here's, here's one for you. What about the ability to play as other characters? So to play through like Mega Man One as Proto Man, like when I mean, you down just the character, really, right? You're not talking about anything like you're not talking about porting abilities or anything over, right? Well, I mean, Proto Man plays differently from Mega Man. He takes more damage. You know, his, his weapons are a little bit different. I think he has a shield that can reflect shots and things. So, I mean, plays a little different, sure, and maybe some different abilities. Yeah, because that would that would definitely be treading into remake territory for sure. And would a remake be be cool to do? Yeah, yeah I would like that. Um, I guess what they what I could see them doing is they could do like mission modes that Proto Man was in, but that used the tile set from an old Mega Man game, like the assets from the older Mega Man games. Yes, that I could see that working. And that would be cool. I would expect that in like a mission mode, I could see that, you know, complete this level as Proto Man, or you know, as the. Yeah, other one. That'd be that'd be baller. I'd be down for that. And what they would be doing there is they'd be using the engine that for that character 
in a tile set using the old stuff. Mm. And that would be cool. I would, yeah, I would definitely want a gallery. Um, I mean, especially if you're talking that much stuff, I'm sure there's plenty that they could include. I mean, even if you're just talking a soundtrack alone, that's oh, dude. so many games. That's one, that's one thing. I don't care how you feel about Mega Man as a franchise, how you feel about Mega Man's history. No one has ever said that the Mega Man soundtrack does not fucking slap. Like, every Mega Man soundtrack I've ever heard fucking slaps, dude. <laughs> it is the bomb. Especially Mega Man X. Like, Spark Mandrel. Like, that gets me fucking hyped every fucking time. What, what is it? Uh, Wily 2, I think, in Mega Man 2 is the one everyone knows? Yeah. Yeah. They're good music, dude. Like, 8-bit chiptune is awesome. I, I would well, listen sure. to that working all the time. Just Yeah, I, um, I mean, like, you know, I'll listen to, like, mixes that people have made with, like, new 8-bit songs and stuff like that, mm -hmm. or converting new songs, like, modern songs into 8-bit versions of it. And they're always fun to listen to. Yeah, I, I, it's fucking killer, dude. I'm all about that. Yeah. Um, artwork. I could see an artwork in the gallery, too. Um, I'm sure they've got lots of, like, sketch sketches done up for the different characters and stuff like that that could be... Like comic book covers from the Archie series that they had a limited run of for a while. Yeah. If you really want to go balls to the wall, like the first episode of the Harmony Gold Mega Man cartoon from the 90s. <laughs> Just available. Because a lot of people don't, don't even know that that show exists, and I thought it was a fun show. I would definitely love more people to see it and think it was just insane bananas, <laughs> because it absolutely was. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you want your you want your gallery to have your artwork, your museums, or your your music stuff, maybe some video, um, whatever you can come up with, um, the mission mode, because yeah, playing Sonic's mission mode. Definitely like that. Definitely want to see that really in every re-release uh, re at this point because it's just a fun concept to introduce replayability. Um, I, th I think it was a great idea. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd have to say I would probably say 60 for the three together and then yeah, 5 to 20 depending on the extra games that you've done. Yeah. And then, and then so like give or take... 10 to $20. So give or take $20. So I, I would pay at most like $80 for that that collection of games. For the base experience or total? Because for, you mentioned Yes. The so. base experience. And then say 100 for total. That would be oh. that would be my limit, I think. I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's fair cuz that's you're getting a lot of content for that. I yeah. would yeah. I'm not arguing against that at all. And I'm including uh Mega Man 11 in that. Which is yeah. rough. That's like the newest one. Well, they're also a new game too. Yeah, they're they're still selling that for you know like twenty dollars. I think yeah. Is it get, is it full sixty? I honestly I don't know. Have to, have to look. Well, we can take a quick look. I'm pretty sure it was the full sixty. Um, obviously they wouldn't get that now. Um, I need to look on the shops or whatever and find out. Well, as DLC, this one's offered as like thirty bucks. That was the switch. Um, well, maybe not. 
Yeah, the Switch port for, for Mega Man Legacy Collection, while, while I'm thinking about that, I do feel like it needs to be brought up. The Switch port for Mega Man Legacy Collection did a lot of the same that the Xbox One and PS4 ports did, where they released the whole thing as two separate discs, right? And I kind of get it with the Switch because their, their, their cart size is kind of small. But with Mega Man Legacy Collections 1 and 2, you got Legacy Collection 1 on the card, but the Legacy Collection 2 was a download code that you had to download to your Switch. And I know some people were kind of pissy about that. I could see why you would be. I think I think if I were in their shoes, I'd be upset too. Yeah. So it looks like um, probably $40, I think, was its base price when it first released. I thought it was like 40 bucks. I know that yeah. because of the digital release thing, I know that they're not getting full price for some of these games anymore. And then I just saw like an Amiibo that I'd, I'd really want as a collectible. There's a Mega Man Amiibo. Amiibo is the bane of any sane human's existence. Well, I've never picked up any of them before. But I mean, like they do have integrations with like Switch and stuff like that. There, there are some amiibos I've always wanted to get, um, like the Sonic amiibo and like old school Mario or Link from like Ocarina of Time. I think he had an amiibo. I'd be all about that. Link. Uh, those were some of my favorite series as a kid. So I'd be all about that. Yeah. Um, well, you could just go like get a collectible, like a statue or something like that instead. Um, they, ha they had an Ocarina of Time action figure that's kind of rare now. If I was going to pick anything from Legend of Zelda up that, as a collectible, it'd be that. Just because they're hard to come by now. I'd probably go with like a stand in like, the Majora's Mask. Oh, like the actual mask itself? Yeah, yeah just the mask. Okay, okay. And maybe, maybe just have like a hook or something so I could hang it on the wall. I think that would look really good. Speaking of Mega Man collectibles, too, and uh, action figures, I actually have a Mega Man X-Zero action figure in my stuff somewhere. And that, that was... Because Zero was, like, my favorite character, I absolutely wanted that action figure. And I, from what I understand, they're pretty hard to come by now. So if I had any sense, I would have never opened it, and it would have stayed in the package. Oh, because I, I was pretty sure they did it, and they did. They made a, a Mega Man Buster gun rec replica. Yeah, like the big, like, you put it on your hand thing. Yep. Uh, that would be cool. I think it shoots, like, Nerf balls. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it would only be funnier if they were lemons. Yeah, lemons! <laughs> and they had some nice... You're like, ah, choo 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 <laughs> This is why I don't live with Aaron. He would be shooting at me on a regular basis. Put a Mega Man Blaster in both hands. Just be like, I have control of everything. Say hello to my little friend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, I think that's... so much differently in Scarface if he was just shooting Mega Man Blasters from his hands. <laughs> little nerf balls. <laughs> I think it all depends on uh, Tony Montana's aim there. <laughs> well so let's say what do you feel um about Mega Man as a whole then Mega Man as a whole like the, yeah. uh, the franchise as a whole I feel like yeah. it it's demonstrated that it has real staying power I think people even today people still love Mega Man um seeing Mega Man and Smash was definitely a sign that 
fans love the character, love the franchise, love the series. Um, Mighty Number no. Nine was a shot that reminded people that you know reminded Capcom that people love Mega Man and wanted more Mega Man. If Mighty Number no. Nine hadn't came out and tanked, we might not have gotten Mega Man Eleven. Um, well, that's kind of paradoxical, right? I mean, if it had succeeded. Wouldn't we? Wouldn't they have realized that there was more drive for Mega Man and made Mega Man Eleven then? Instead, I think they so might have just got more Fighting Number Nine games. Like, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, and I'm not hating on Mighty Number no. Nine. I've never played it, so I can't really hate on it too much. I've just seen reviews and said that it didn't do very well. Um, yeah, it was like supposed Mighty to be Number no. Nine was not Bloodstained. Um, but that's that's its own thing. We can talk about that in another episode if we want. Um. But yeah, I think I think the franchise has staying power. It's demonstrated that Mega Man 11 has shown that people still love the characters, still love the the simple gameplay design. I think Mega Man in particular is an example of the advantage of the fact that a game does not have to be overly complicated and complex to be good. Okay. To quote Ego Raptor Sequelitis, it's just a game about jumping and shoot. Should've been called Jump and Shoot Man. You know? I'm gonna go to the right, and I'm, I'm just gonna jump and shoot. Like, <laughs> jump and shoot, man. It's a very simple game with a very simple premise. The idea, you know, go to the right and shoot enemies. That's it. It's all you need for the game to be good. And I think that they did a very good job with them. I mean, you can see over the course of even just playing Legacy Collections 1 and 2, you can see how the gameplay evolved from where it started to where it ended you can see that it, it became a better game. And Mega Man is one of the few games that can have a graphical upgrade and from 8 to 9 go back to 8 bits. And no one says anything. Like they wanted the old school 8-bit Mega Man and Capcom gave it to them. They were like, oh, you want 8-bit Mega Man? Here you go. And not only did they give you 8-bit Mega Man, but they gave you 8-bit Mega Man with the shitty like American box art <laughs> that... People remembered from the Nintendo release of Mega Man that everyone was like, wow, this doesn't look anything like the game. Because <laughs> the original Famicom release of Mega Man looks a lot closer to, you know, the original artwork and actually looks like the game. But in America, for, for whatever reason, and this was a big thing with, like, old school, like, Nintendo games, they completely redid the, uh, the box art and made it something that they thought would be more appealing to American audiences, and some of it was just ugly. Like, yeah, they did that a lot for, for, for Americanized Nintendo games and stuff like that. Mm, yeah. Like, think about it. like, I mean, the covers for those things were not even remotely close to what it, no. what it actually looked like. Yeah, they just looked ugly. Just ugly. To the point where, like, like they've, made, they've made fun of that, though. Like, Capcom's poked fun at themselves in later releases. Um, You'll find in the uh, RE3 remake in the toy store, there's a giant statue of crappy American Mega Man. Um, uh, that version of Mega Man specifically was available in a fighting game. I think it was Tatsunoko versus Capcom. You know, those kinds of they, they poke fun at themselves quite a bit. I, I gotta give them credit for that. It's hard for me to hate anybody that can pick on themselves. So... As much as some people have issues with Capcom, and they were rightfully called Crapcom for a number of years, um, I think that they're not wholly just unaware of the fact that some of the stuff they've done is silly. Uh -huh. 
yeah, they're at least willing to poke fun at themselves. So they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah, which I, think, I think it's a benefit. Yeah, for sure. Now, what about um, how do you, I mean, like, irregardless of the the fact that they kind of split those release those remakes those re-releases up how do you feel about like the schedule that they made for those like did were they oversaturated did they make too many of them um or was it done well tastefully i guess would be a good way to i know it. what you're gonna say <laughs> um but for me i don't i don't think so but that's probably just got to do with the fact that i was unaware of a lot of these re-releases that you are aware of um because I, I didn't know that they had done more than just, like, the PS2 Xbox Anniversary Collection. I think it was available on GameCube. And then after that did well and garnered people's support for Mega Man and, you know, the fans said they wanted more Mega Man, we got Mega Man 9 and 10 on the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and the Wii, I believe. And then from there we ended up with these legacy collections. I don't feel like that was too close together because of the fact that there was a console generation between it all. But, I mean, I'm sure you're like, there's too many remakes of everything. So, carry on, my wayward son. Go ahead. All right. Well, so, for me and the series as a whole, I do, th I, I agree wholeheartedly. Mega Man is an iconic character and his gameplay is... A great experience. It can be challenging, but that in and of itself is always can be a fun experience when you when you overcome that challenge. Um, and I mean they're yeah they're pretty straightforward, but they're still quite pl replayable and everything like that. So I've always enjoyed them. I have no 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 cross to bear against any of that stuff. Like great great games. Except for um, Man. I guess I do like the classic compared to like. Uh, X, X got a little more action. -y. I mean, because X itself, because didn't he have a blade and he had like, he had a little more like zero. fat. Oh, zero. zero had more, yeah. Well, so yeah, zero. I was a little less uh, enthused about, but the original and X I liked a lot more. But zero was still good. Uh, as to um, their re-release schedule. Actually, I think it was good. I mean, what you see with this is that they were releasing games, and then they stopped for a while. And then once a sufficient amount of time really had passed, they released a re-release. Nothing too crazy. It's not like, you know, every other year they were coming out with a re-release. Um, there was re-releases of each of the different, like, main Mega Man. So there was one for Mega Man, one for Mega Man X. And one for Mega Man Zero, which is kind of a lot, but those were still spaced out relatively decently. Well, they were um, all a year or two apart, right? Yep. And then each one individually came out 10 plus years after they stopped producing the games. So that for you is like an ideal re-release schedule. Yeah. Well, a generation of, you know, a generation is passed of the, the people who play the games. So they're less likely to have access or to have even to, to have any opportunity to play the old game in its original format so the re-release is a good time that's a good time for it to come in as opposed to like we've talked about in other episodes where some some franchises 
keep re-releasing their games over every new console and like you can play that game on everything because it's just available everywhere you have like you're a fan you have like six copies spread all across you know six different games but they're all the same again I have five copies of Resident Evil 4 um (laughs) so like yeah I, I, I can I can agree with you there yeah and um, I, I do wish that they had uh, uh, remakes. I, I would. I think they're they're ripe for creating a remake of some of these uh, these collections of these games. I think, yeah, I think the franchise is ripe for a few, you know, new remakes with some updated graphics, or you know, yeah. Um, especially because like uh, they've. They've hit that the re-release has been a little bit, so like they've had an opportunity for people to to garner more interest, and this is when you you hit them with like, okay, here's the game from the re-release, but it's been remade entirely, right? And now it's a yeah. new experience. You still don't want to do that like right after the re-release, but I mean, it's been like five no, years. It's been a couple of years now, yeah. It's because Mega Man Eleven was what 2018. So, and mean, then the question for the other ones was, um, what, 15 and 17? Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's that's decent chunk of time. A decent chunk of time. Chunk of time, yeah, there you go. I can English, everyone. Um, <laughs> that's it, uh, man. I'm going to keep, I'm going to try and remember that one. I'm like, I'm going to need a chunk of, ch- a chunk of time here. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, we're both going to hell. <laughs> No, that's just that's just a sign that the episode's gone on a little long because I've started to trip over the English language, and that's not okay. Um, well, I do think that we've covered Mega Man at this point. I think we've covered it quite adequately, sure. Um, I, I believe I mentioned at the end of the Mega Man episode that we were doing Resident Evil next, so we just did Resident Evil, and we redid the original. We redid Mega Man, so I don't know what order these are going to come out in. But it's we're recording in spooky time. We're we're recording in the spooky time. If I look out my window, all the leaves are red. So it's it's spooky season right now. Uh, mine are all green. <laughs> mine are always green. So yeah, I guess um we'll see. We'll probably try like if we yeah if I do the updates to this, then we might have this one come out first, and then we'll have Resident Evil Four come out um closer to the end of October. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. Um, Either way, you know, if you're listening and you enjoy it, uh, drop us a line, leave us a review, let us know. Uh, Tell us we suck. Tell me I suck. Tell Aaron he's the greatest and I should die in a fire. Um, Whatever you want to say, you guys are more than welcome. Many of those statements. (laughs) Uh, You guys guys are more than welcome to drop your opinions off. We have a, a Facebook that is available publicly. Um, we're issuing invites to Discord for listeners. If you know you guys want to chat with us directly, suggest topics for future retro remix or even just regular table episodes. All that's available. It's all out there in the world. Drop us a line. Let us know what you want us to talk about. I'm more than happy to do more of these episodes, especially with my good buddy Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Especially if there was a particular um, series of games that you wanted us to to look at as a, as part of a collection as part of yeah. remixes or remakes there are some of them that we have plans to already do um, one of them is going to involve Mike so it'll be kind of like a regular table episode 
I, I might arrange to not be there for that one and just let Mike and Aaron do their thing. But, uh, yeah, we've got we've got a, a couple episodes down the pipe that we're, we're working on, but I'd love to hear more suggestions of more episodes from listeners, uh, you know. I'd love to hear, you know, talks about how we can improve the show, even if it was just get rid of that John guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. You know I love you guys. Hey, uh, remember to hold down the reset button when you turn off the power to save your game. Or you guys them. Save state. Oh, God. Horrible. <laughs> All right. Worst. Later, everyone. Take it easy.